Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shake, The Dream Take podcast. My name is Michael Brown. I am blessed and humbled to be able to come to you after another Houston Rockets game. We go live here at SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast after every single Houston Rockets game. And tonight is no different. So, we are live here on Spotify Green Room. Uh, we are looking to talk to any and all uh, Houston Rockets fans after tonight's uh, game. Um, let me tell you all something. Okay, tonight was was pretty pathetic. Uh, if you want my honest assessment of what the Rockets put out on the court tonight. Um, I- <laughs> I, I've got a couple things uh, to say uh, about the game. We'll go through the box score. Uh, once again, if you're live here on SB Nation, or excuse me, on Spotify Green Room, and you want to talk all things Houston Rockets, if you want to come talk about uh, Bill Morrell night, uh, you are more than welcome. And as I always preach, uh, if you want to talk, hit that request to speak button. We'll get started early tonight with, Shane, Shane, welcome to the show, no. man. How are you? Um, not the greatest after watching that, but yeah, that was oh, that, that was, was crap. To watch. Yeah, I, I hate to I hate to start this off so negatively on Bill Warrell night, and we will talk about Bill Warrell, um, yeah. because Bill Warrell. Even before we talk, I think we need to talk about that before. Mm. Um, I mean, forty years of broadcasting excellence for the Rockets organization, it doesn't get more classy to me than Bill Worrell. I just, I think he's the greatest, you know, I mean, I'm 31 years old. So I literally spent nearly my entire adult life listening to Bill Worrell. Uh, he's a, a legend. He's an icon. He's a role model to me. Uh, he was just a consummate professional and he was a fan. You know, I hated the fact that yeah, people accused he's a him. Of, he's a homer. Cool. So, who cares? Why? No, we no, can't no. have a home. I know. I'm saying. I'm the type of person. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Every other team has one. You know, you yeah. listen to some of these broadcast teams. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix's broadcast team is just god awful. Uh, I think it's Eddie Johnson. I mean, they're crap. Um. I mean, if they're listening, my apologies to them and their families, but I mean, it's, it, they're hot dog water. Um, I mean, Pelicans, that guy who talks in the deep voice is pretty, I don't know. He doesn't bring much excitement to me. I ain't gonna lie. No, 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 no. Uh, thoughts on the game tonight? Um, well, was this from the, was this from the jump? I was just like, man, like, I was just shocked, um, Coming off that win in Washington, you expect like 
a hunger there, right? Like to try and keep it going. Yep. And win it. And then straight away it just seemed like they were just disengaged. Like and like and like especially like on offense it was just so disorganized and then obviously on defense the whole game was disorganized. But then it's like I haven't seen a team like that disorganized in a while, like for half. Like that was probably like the most disorganized I've seen a team look like those they were like basically just getting blown out of the water, right? Like on on off like on well, my, off, my, like, my thing is my thing is gone. if if they don't give a shit, why should we? And I, and it's an honest question. Yeah. You know? Like why? If if they're going to come out and they're going to show just no effort, no care, nothing, yeah. then and and I'm look, I'm not discouraging you or anybody else from watching or listening, you know, to the yeah. show now. But it's an honest question that any logical fan would ask. It's if you don't give a shit, why should we give a shit? Why should we watch your games? Why should we buy the tickets to go to your games? Because I'm not. I ain't paying to watch this team. Are you kidding me? Man, I felt so bad when they were putting the camera on the season holders, man. I was just like, those poor dudes, man, like sitting there watching that and having to go through multiple games like this this season. It's just like, geez. Like... Oh, please. And I give, I give, I, I give credit to the, to the OG fans out there. My dad being one of them, he was a season ticket holder for eight years. Why would he pay to watch this team? You know, and don't give me – and you know what the goofiest thing tonight that I saw? I, I'm not even talking about what's on the court. They're doing some Fruit Loop hot dog thing at the game. Like, you know what You know what? organizations don't have to do? Crappy, stupid gimmicks like that. Teams that win. Yeah. You, you know? Absolutely. And they, they didn't do – they didn't do Bill Worrell justice tonight. Like, think about who they had in the building tonight, you know? And you can come out here. I I can talk until I'm blue in the face about how great Bill Worrell is, right? The GOAT. I mean, there's a reason why it's the Bill Worrell broadcast booth, right? Let's keep it on the court because that's, for the most part, what we do here at the Dream Tank, right? You had Hakeem Olajuwon in the building tonight. You had the greatest – so you had the greatest player. You had the greatest coach in Rudy Tomjanovic. You had Kelvin Murphy in the building tonight. You had Lisa Miloski, who looks fantastic, by the way, um, in the building tonight. You have all these goats in the building tonight. And what do you do? You come out and you give up 80 points in the first half? Like, what the hell are we doing? There's no flow offensively. Dude, they look like a bunch of chickens running around with their heads cut off tonight. That's why that's it's the nights like this that make me go like, I like Silas as a person, but I'm just like, how can this guy be our head coach, especially when we're trying to win in the future? Like, I understand now we're just rebuilding and there's going to be losses and stuff. But, like, when we're actually trying to win, like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, even if you're losing, right? Like, there's a way of losing. You know what I mean? Like, the Thunder and um, you just look at, like, other teams around the league, like the Thunder, for example. They have way less talent than us, in my opinion. And then they play more consistent than us. It's just like, like what is going on? But right? it's, it's like ridiculous. Well, you know? well, there's no NBA talent. There's no, there, not, okay, let me take that back. They are in desperate need of talent on this team. Okay. You give up. Reggie Bullock scored 15 tonight. Uh, 
Dwight Powell scored 15 points tonight. Jalen Brunson, who's a nice player. I like Jalen Brunson. He's nothing special. You give up 19 to Tim Hardaway. You give up, you gave up six points to Marquise Chris. Yes, the same Marquise Chris that should be, you know, working at State Farm is playing in an NBA game. Jesus Christ, dude, don't give me that shit. Okay, because he sucks. Okay. And and look, I'm I'm so sick and tired of keeping like my true feelings about watching guys that just like it goes back to the white kid that beat us for uh who was it philadelphia campazzo he sucks raul Neto, dude he sucks too and and marquis chris sucks we kept overplaying Neto, and then today again just like it's just like terrible logic like on defense you know what i mean yeah, because they because this team sucks, man. Like, it's how much is that coaching too, though? At this point, I, look, look, I, I I saw Rockets Twitter is a blast. There's people destroying Kevin Porter Jr. saying he's not a real point guard. I think the way he's played this year overall, for me personally, is a cause for concern. But he's not the reason that you're losing games. Jalen Green was terrible tonight. Yeah. I mean, he had 12 points. Christian Wood was god-awful defensively. I mean, offensively, he was fine. I mean, he scored 20 points. Jay Sean Tate is a revelation. Um, Why are you only playing K.J. Martin Jr.? 17 minutes is beyond me. Why Armani Brooks is only getting 15 minutes is beyond me. I I think coaching is a part of it. I've said it before. I don't think you and I have talked about this. I think the Rockets' assistants – might be the worst group of assistants in the league. Yeah. Potentially. I mean, outside of John Lucas, but I don't consider John. I'm not talking about a guy like a John Lucas. John Lucas isn't an assistant coach. I'm talking about pure assistant coaches. The Rockets might have the worst group of assistant coaches in the league. Does it make you feel sick at all to see Jeff Pornosek on the sidelines when, you know, he was playing for Utah and trying to take us down before? Like, I don't know. To me, it feels. Like- I don't even care. I don't even care about his time in Utah. I care about his time and with the Knicks as a coach. He's a terrible coach. He can't relate to the modern day players. Like I tell you, I'll tell you who I would go hire in five seconds as an assistant coach. Yeah, Gary Payton. Gary Payton. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about like go young, go young, go young, exciting coaching style. You know, the guys that these guys can relate to, you know, go find yeah, out what, uh, what Vernon Mack, like, what if you replaced, you know, what if you replaced your, who, who are the, the assistants now, or you got the guy from uh, the white guy from Australia who coached uh, Jay Sean Tate. Oh, I can Weaver. never, yeah, he's Will pretty, we, okay. He's pretty good on defense. Like he's, I like Will Weaver. Yeah. Okay. So what if you kept Will Weaver and you got rid of Dezange Giop, who's useless, uh, and, Jeff, and Jeff Hornacek, and you replaced him with Vernon Maxwell and Gary Payton. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I would like to be a fly on the wall at those practices. Like, I don't know. It just feels like on the coach, it just needs like a shake up because, like, obviously there's something there where they're not keeping the locker room, right? Because, like, why is it that, like, you just come out and you're so flat, like, out of nervous so many times like this and you just get blown out of the 
water, especially when you're playing oh, a game without Luka Doncic. And like, oh, you're just going to destroy yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shane, anything to uh, wrap up before we move on to Mr. Adam? Uh, I was just going to uh, ask you quickly, like, what do you think about John? Sure. John Wall. Um, <laughs> like, not, like, what do you think about, like, that situation? Do you think, like, we handled that wrong now, like, in retrospective? Or are you just kind of like, this is what it is? No. Uh, not in retrospect. They've mishandled it since the beginning. I mean, it, it, first of all, the, he, him, I put John Wall, Russell Westbrook, and Carl, Carmelo Anthony as the three most overrated basketball players in the league of the past 15 years. Could I, g- give me one benefit to John Wall. What, I mean, outside of being an outstanding individual player, give me one positive – yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, so he's a he's a decent playmaker. He never did anything in Washington, ever. They never did anything of significance in Washington. So is he a nice individual player? Yes, I give you that 100%. Let me ask you a question. If you were starting a team, would you want John Wall on your team at this point? Well, not now because of the last, like this the last year, the way he played was so inconsistent. I know he was coming back from injury, but. This is, right. It's an unknown quantity. And like, I think that was a mistake of not playing him in the first place, right? Like this year, because now it's like an unknown quantity and no one wants to trade for him. At least if you played him, you could have possibly drawn a team. Like, let's say like the Celtics, like the 10th and the yep. yep. They might have been like desperate and traded for John Wall. They saw him balling out for us. Like even if he's just averaging 20 points, but then because he's doing nothing, no one knows what, what to think of him. So he's not going to get traded. Yeah. I mean, the three of them, the three of them have never done anything of team significance, not individual significance, team significance in their time in the NBA between Westbrook, Wall, and, uh, and, uh, and Anthony. The three of them, nice players. I wouldn't touch them with a 25-foot pole on my team. Even in their heyday, I wouldn't touch them. Yeah, I see the comments. I mean, that's just me, but the Rockets could not have handled the, to answer your question, the Rockets mm-hmm. could not have handled the John Wall situation any worse than they have. It's an F minus for the Rockets. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, because um, I just see in the comments here, John Wall is basically a Carmel Westbrook. And I kind of like agree with that to some extent. I will say one thing about John Wall is like, if you were trying to build a contender, I would probably go with John Wall over Westbrook because he seems to be a smarter player than Westbrook. Oh, not even close. Between the two, I take John Wall every single day of the week. There's a reason why Westbrook is now on his third organization in three years, fourth organization in what, six? Between the Thunder, the Rockets, the Wizards, and the Lakers. And I think he played for the Rockets for, what, a year? So he's oh, he's yeah. been on, yeah, four teams in six years. There's a reason. Yeah. So, Shane, it's always a pleasure, my man. We're talking, man. Absolutely. All right, we're talking uh, about the absolute gong show that the Rockets put up tonight. Let's go to my uh, personal uh, second cousin twice removed uh, from our time here together at the Dream Take. Adam, Adam, what's going on, my man? I appreciate that. Uh, All right, how are you doing tonight? Uh, Well, I'm Bill Worrell night to be able to host a podcast. Pretty cool, got to be honest with you. Uh, but after what the Rockets put on the court tonight, I feel like throwing up a little bit. 
and you, you know these these types of kind of special events they 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 handpick the opponents they they want they want the team to win on on nights like this so to lose by nearly 30 against a team that you felt like you had a good chance against i think Dallas is only favored by two and a half points. It just, it's just, uh, it's massively kind of deflating. I, I've been pretty open-minded over the past two weeks, especially kind of focusing on the games, um, you know, where Jalen Green, KPJ came back and kind of how the team has been playing. And it's just, uh, it's led me to kind of some kind of, you know, clarifying view that just the pieces don't fit with this team and, and kind of the previous caller, you know, the previous kind of, uh, kind of individual was talking about the difference between us and the thunder, you know, defensive, defensive effort, general team energy. Those are things that are a reflection of management and your coaching staff. And it's clear that we have a really young kind of team owner um, and a young inexperienced coaching staff. Yeah. The owner sucks. And, and basically, I mean, defense, you know, we are, you know, we're an athletic team. Maybe we don't have a lot of talent necessarily, um, but we're an athletic team and effort just hasn't been there and hasn't been there with the exception of largely the seven game winning streak. And that's, that's, that's all about preparation to me. And, and some of it is probably just the mental makeup of the players on the, of some of the players on the team. Like I'll give you an example. Like what I, I was thinking about at halftime, you know, I was thinking Silas and the coaching staff probably want to rip into the, into the team. They're probably not going to, cause they don't want a, uh, a reboot of what, what happened in that, you know, in the, in the one game, you know, recently that, uh, that, that kind of precipitated the one game suspension for Christian Wood and KPJ. I'm sure they well, were. Let me, yeah. let, let, let me stop you there real quick. Cause I want to touch on that real quick. Maybe not to that extent. They don't want that. Obviously their players leaving the building, but don't you at least appreciate the fire that KPJ showed? At least he showed that he cared. I'd rather have another one of those nights versus what I saw tonight, because what I saw tonight was hot dog water. Like, and and they, they just don't care. They didn't, no, care tonight. They didn't I mean, care from the jump. They got run out of the building literally two minutes into the game. And I want somebody like Silas, get into somebody's ass, man. He just he just doesn't do it. And it's embarrassing. That that's yeah, I don't think it's in his nature, which is it's really it's really interesting because if you remember kind of his his father, you know, Paul Silas. Oh yeah. In the in the Probably the most notorious kind of you know story that people know is you know the see you next Tuesday you know Carlos Boozer kind of incident you know basically you know he, his dad was you know I mean there's stories of him you know you know pushing kind of a player against the locker and kind of threatening you know that's not you know you know Steven's not that. yeah he shoved he shoved Tyrus Thomas into yeah. and Tyrus Thomas was a tough dude he shoved exactly. Tyrus Thomas into a locker. Yeah, Steven Sal, he just seems like a passive aggressive guy that's maybe he doesn't know what kind of coach he wants to be. He maybe put himself in a bad position by overplaying the I'm a I'm a player's coach and I'm gonna be like a father figure to these guys. And and maybe that's what some of these players he felt needed. He he would know much better than I would, but just even watching Christian Wood tonight, 
Christian Wood, his, his the way he played, you know, his play ticked up after they went down by 20, you know, it's, I think some players just aren't really good with pressure. You know, once you're down by 20, there's no pressure. You're not expected to win. Right. And I, I, I saw a change in that a little bit. And, and most of all kind of, you know, I kind of got off my original point. I, I think I need this team and I need the coaching staff to reevaluate how they are, are managing kind of the offense in general. Cause I, I thought, I thought Jalen there's, Green, there's no I thought Jalen Green played well tonight, but too often they don't they don't stagger the minutes enough with KPJ because too too often Jalen Green is just like he's he's they're almost treating him like PJ Tucker you know in the in the corner just waiting for a shot and that's not the player he is and you you see once KPJ goes out um, or you allow K, you know Jalen Green to kind of initiate the offense more. I mean, he was, he was great. He was getting to the basket. He was, you know, I think his, you know, he probably would have had 20, 22 if he didn't get injured. And obviously they probably were, you know, being cautious with him, but he was only, he was four of eight. He did what he could tonight. KPJ to me, I, I like the way that he plays the game. I, I just, and I think he's similar to a player that you kind of have mentioned that you like De'Aaron Fox. He just is not a good finisher around the basket, you know, like, Play, you know. Well, KPJ, KPJ's playing out of position. He's not a point guard. Exactly. Stop, stop yeah. making him a point guard. This is to me, this is very simple. Find a real point guard in the draft, real pass first point guard. Jaden Ivey. J- you know, Jaden Ivey's a guy that I would I would take a very long look at. Move KPJ to the two and move Jalen Green to the three. I mean, I, agree. I mean, that's yeah. what I'm doing because, and I love Jay. Sean, I love Jay Sean Tate, but Jay Sean Tate's not a four. You, if you're going to, if you're going to start J- Tate at the four next season, I'm looking at next season, right? If you're going to start KPJ green and find a point guard and you move Tate to the four, you got to find a beast of a five and don't bring me Chet Holmgren. I don't want Chet Holmgren. I, I'm not a Chet Holmgren guy. He, he ain't for me, fam. Okay. And if you have to move Tate to the bench, I'm okay with it. I don't love it, but I'd be more okay with it. Once you move Gordon to make Tate your sixth man, totally fine with it. But if you're going to make the best of this KPJ, Jalen Green, he's not a point guard. I, I think KPJ shot, you know, is you know he he's good enough uh, he's a good enough shooter that you could play him at at the two but I just I at this point I prefer I prefer Jalen Green initiating the offense I think he does just as good of a job the last few games as KPJ has done and, and maybe some of that this is just my general kind of biggest issue with this season this season was about developing and really highlighting headlining kind of Jalen Green. And they're not doing that the same way the Pistons are doing that for Cunningham and the way that the Timberwolves did it for Anthony Edwards last year. I like I, I think they're doing a disservice. They're 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 paying way too much attention and way too much consideration to KPJ and Christian Wood than they should for Jalen Green. Jalen Green He's already arrived in my eyes. I, you know, I think, I think the shooting that I've seen, you know, since he's come, you know, the last 10 games, you know, the last kind of uh, last 10 games from him, he, you know, his efficiency has been, is maintained around that 50% level. He is, 
to me, he's a he's a night in night night out twenty twenty point a game scorer. If you give him the opportunities, you put him in the right positions, and they're just not doing that right now. And maybe, 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 maybe that's staggering the minutes with KPJ and him. Maybe that's giving him more minutes that you're giving to Josh Christopher and as a as a second unit kind of point guard. But they need to be doing something a lot different because it's just not really working for me, and it's not entertaining. It's really, I find myself just, you know, playing some, some mini game on my phone when Jalen Green's not in, it's just, it's not fun to watch. Well, well, I I get that. I think that, I think part of the problem is the elephant in the room that nobody on Rockets Twitter seems to talk about is the fact that Steven Silas has never been responsible for a, offense that can revolve around having a dominant big man you know like when he was in Dallas you know that that world beating offense the greatest offense ever assembled you know you know what I'm talking about that stat that I'm referring to okay yeah, yeah he was they're like one 115.6 they were like the second or third kind of greatest offense yeah congrats what did they do in the playoffs that year they uh they lost to uh to the Clippers, I believe. Yeah, no one gives a damn about your world beating offense that gets knocked out in the first round. Like the thing is, he can't design he hasn't been able to design an offense that can be sustainable with a rotation that has a big man like a Kristaps Porzingis, like a Christian Wood. I think Christian Wood and Porzingis have a lot of similarities in their offensive game. I think Wood is better offensively, but his offense is not built around the ability of having that type of big man. It's a concern. So if you can't have an offense that can work with a guy like a Wood or a Porzingis, you got to get a different kind of big man. And the Rockets just don't have that right now. Right now, Steven Silas, the offensive, for the offensive genius he's supposed to be, his offense looks like shit, for lack of a better term. It looks like crap, and there's no offense. It's, hey, here's the ball. Oh, you're open for a three? Go ahead and take it. Oh, we didn't make it? Oh, okay. We're going to get back, you know, 80% of the time to prevent a, you know, a leak out going to the defensive end by the team with the playing. You know, they don't get back. Yeah, they don't I mean, hustle. They don't have an offensive set. They're not a good rebounding team. You know, they have individual guys that will get after you defensively and Tate and Matthews. But, you know, it just – it is what it is. Adam, any final thoughts before we move to our final speaker of the night, sir? Uh, no, I agree with you. The offense has been above average, but that's not – I can't really attribute that to Silas and the coaching staff. It's sure. it's, it's Sean Tate going one-on-one. It's, you know, it's Jalen Green kind of producing the offense. It's, it's Al Prince Goon kind of running the high-low, you know, you know uh, dribble handoff system that, you know, that he basically forced them to – kind of shift into based on how well he was playing, you know? Um, but I agree with you. There are definitely some things that we need to, we need to kind of see happen and, and, and maybe we won't see it happen and, and maybe they'll just, you know, they'll just kind of highlight Christian Wood till the trade, you know, trade deadline. They'll get kind of a good package for him and, and Eric Gordon separately. And we can kind of see the Jalen Green show for the rest. Absolutely. Adam, always a pleasure, my brother. You too, man. All right, let's go to our final speaker of the night, it looks like, out to Sugarland, Lewis. Welcome to the show, sir. 
Michael, yes, how y'all doing tonight? Oh, God, you know, we're terrible. You kind of nailed it on the head, except I'm looking at it from the other way. You were talking about the the pass-first point guard. Um, if you watched tonight, which unfortunately I know you did, <laughs> if you watched the way the Mavericks just passed the ball, passed the ball, how many uncontested layups did they did they get tonight? That's that's mm-hmm. Jason Kidd's mentality, and that was his mentality as a point guard. You know the Mavericks were missing, you know, uh, Don whatever the Luca and um, the guy who played Drago in Rocky Four. I forgot what his name is, but um, they had these other guys out there who were nice role players, and the, God, they passed the ball. And that is that is coaching. That is totally from the coaching. And I think the breakdowns and the problems that they're having is not as much talent as it is from the coaching. And I think, oh, I think it's an it, issue. I think it's coach. I mean, Jason Kidd wasn't even there tonight. I mean, he's in COVID protocols. But I get what you're saying. No, well, and, that's his mentality, no, though. Yeah. That, I mean, Jalen Brunson's yes. a nice player. His I think what you're trying to say, and I agree with you, is that the fact that they built their offense on moving without the ball, finding the open man, finding, you know, the guy who can hit the shot. Tim Hardaway would have been a perfect guy for this team. Uh, And he kills us every single time. My biggest problem with tonight is the fact that they just didn't give a damn. And from Jump Street, I mean, they were down – what were they? They gave up 43 points in the first quarter. I mean, how do you give up 43 points on your own home floor to Dallas without Doncic? Yeah, they give up 43 points. They were down 43 to 23 in the first quarter. And it takes no coaching to teach effort. And they just didn't have effort tonight. And if they're, if they're not careful, they're going to lose whatever fan base they have left at this point are just going to stop watching. And I just, I don't blame them, man. I mean, they're 11 and 29 coming off a great win the other night, but let's be honest. They shouldn't have won the game in in Washington. You know, it it is what it is. I I don't know how else to put it at this point, but tonight was nauseating. If I'm a Rockets fan, it was just nauseating to watch that entire game. Well, and Silas is, I think the only reason he was here because he was, Two things. He was desperate to get that first job, and I think he was one of the only dumbasses who was willing to come here knowing that Harden and Westbrook were both going to be gone. I don't think the line for the Rockets job was, you know, 10 feet deep. So, well, if, you, well, if you're a guy at this point, and, and look, I, I'm, I'm as sentimental as the next guy, you know that, you know, about how – you know, the, it seems like he loves the guys. They love him. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but they're not winning. Like, they're not winning games under Silas. They're not winning games for Silas. I mean, this is now going to be two seasons where the Rockets will have won a combined less than 35 games. You yeah. know, I mean, they, they've, won one, they've won what, 11 games this year. They're 11 and 29. They're probably going to end this season with no more than – 20 to 25 wins. 
you know, at some point you have to start asking yourself, what are you doing with, if you're, if you're the Rockets, I mean, I know what Tillman's doing. Tillman's busy with his 217 other businesses. You know, I, I, I'm not convinced that he actually wants this team to succeed and that he's willing to do. And when I say this, obviously he wants the team to succeed. Let me rephrase. I don't know if he's prepared to spend the money to do whatever it takes to create the best winner for the Rockets organization. Let me put that. I'll put it that way. Is he willing to go find the best coaching staff for his players? Because right now this coaching staff ain't it. I like Barbara Turner. I like John Lucas. I don't love Silas. I don't, I hate Hornacek. Dezange Giop is useless. Um, You know, I, I just, this is tough, man. I mean, well, the only reason Will, what's his name? Will, Will Weaver. Wheaton. Will Weaver, not yeah. Will Wheaton. Oh, sorry. The only reason he's here was that was the way to get Jay Sean Tate to sign here. That was all that was about. Yeah, and I like Will Weaver, you know, but, you know, I think it was Shane and I were talking about earlier. He likes what, you know, Will what Will Weaver does defensively. Okay, well, the Rockets are giving up 120 plus and gave up 43 and a quarter. So he's really not doing anything, you know, anything special defensively. And the scary thing is, is that who are, I mean, the Rockets are relatively healthy right now. It's not like they've got multiple guys in, in, uh, in the COVID protocols. I mean, you got Shingun and you got Garuba. You know, he never plays Garuba long enough, you know, to see what he actually can do. And the fact that the Rockets yeah. did this in front of Akeem Olajuwon and, uh, and Bill Worrell and Rudy Tomjanovich tonight is just wrong. Like, it's just Well, but let's wrong. face it. Half these kids weren't even No, born. I know. And so they don't No, care. I get that. But I'm just saying that as Rockets fans, and you're watching this tonight, it just it leaves a really nasty, you know, uh, taste in your mouth. It leaves that, like, what the hell are we doing here? You know? And, and you want to, and I was joking about it earlier, but is this where we are that the most exciting part of our team right now is the fact that they're putting Fruit Loops on hot dogs? You know, like, you know, I'm watching highlights right now of, you know, the overrated Yao Ming, you know, when he was here. You know, even the Yao Ming times were a lot more exciting than this. You know, I mean, I, I just, I miss the, the excitement of rooting for a winner because it's not going to be here for a while, you know, and for the fans in this fan base that are so enamored with the rebuilding process and, Ooh, let's trade Christian Wood for multiple first round picks and let's trade Eric Gordon for a first round pick. Okay. Well, like for what to do what, you know, give me legitimate NBA talent over draft picks any single day of the week. And tonight was just a reminder of how sad the situation of the Houston Rockets is right now. Well, you know, I think would see, I noticed the same thing you did third and fourth quarter. Oh yeah. He was really good, but bullshit. He was playing against the scrubs, you know? Yeah. But he got beat now offensively. He was fine tonight. It took him, you know, an entire half for him to take his head out of his ass. No, defensively, he got torched. He got torched by Marquise Chris, you know? I mean, the fact is, I, 
you could give a, you know, a, a guy COVID, roll him on the court in a bubble. He still shouldn't be able to score six points on you, Christian Wood. It's just, Dad, it, I mean, it's, it's pathetic is what it is. That's the word for it. Let's stop sugarcoating this, okay? I'm tired of sugarcoating some of the shows that I do here at SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. There's no more sugarcoating. This team sucks. The coaching staff as a whole sucks. The owner sucks. I'm just, I'm over it. I'm, t- I'm done with it. Stop sending me emails, Houston well, Rockets, to go to your, your crappy team store and buy any of your memorabilia, your merchandising. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm just, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. Well, I, I think what the mentality has to be, and I'll let you go, is, dude, we've got enough draft choices yep. built up. Gordon and Wood and Nawaba. You know, Wood has got to be moved for a serviceable piece, okay? Whether it's a, yeah. a Miles Turner, a Cam Reddish, he's, we don't need another draft. We're going to have a high pick. We got Brooklyn's, we got all these picks. I want some players who are going to come here and play long-term. I'm, I'm tired of this. I want, and, and don't, don't hang up yet, because you're a fan, you know. My thing is, the the fan base has got to be more realistic. This is we're not we're not over here crapping rainbows and everything's great and oh you know we can't wait you know to get to the to the lottery and more games we lose the better chance we have at a lottery pick. Anybody remember what happened last year in the lottery? Because I do. We got screwed in the lottery. And don't get me wrong. Do I love J- Jalen Green? Do I think he's going to be a superstar? Yes. But the fact is, the Rockets got screwed last year. They were the worst team in the NBA by five losses more than the second worst team in the league, and yet they didn't get the first overall pick. There's, there's a problem with that. Well, because – but that's why they – come on, let's face well, hold it. On, hold on, hold on, real no. quick, before you get to your point. They just showed Lisa Miloski again on TV. Lisa Miloski looks good. Yeah, she always did. She continues – and Hannah Storm before her. Yeah. So, uh, but that's why they changed the lottery to prevent teams from tanking. They've got the, the Rockets. I'm looking at the, the attendance tonight. I mean, good God. I mean, no one's there. And I don't blame them. You know, I'd rather, if you would have asked me after this game, would I have rather have attended the game or gone and got a colonoscopy? I probably would have chosen the colonoscopy if you want my honest assessment. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm throwing it out there that I'm frustrated with not, again, not the loss itself. I don't care about the losses. I care about how this team is progressing, how they look on a night in and night out basis. And they looked horrible tonight. I mean, dad, they looked horrible. You know, it just... I, I don't know what else to say. Well, it comes from lack of preparation. Yep. Turnovers. Yep. And missed free, free throws. Yes. Thank you. You know, you know and, and you're the king of the fact is that, and Dustin asks a question and he says, is it too early to fire Silas? I'm going to get to that in a second. You can't give up 45 points. 
to Reggie Bullock, Dwight Powell, and Jalen Brunson. Uh, you know what? That, that almost made me just saying that almost made me vomit in my mouth. Um, to answer your question, it's not too early to fire Silas. It, it just isn't. I, no, I don't it's think not. it's working. I, me personally, I, I like Steven Silas. I root for a guy like Steven Silas. Um, I think that he got a raw, I got, I think he got the raw end of the deal with this. I don't think he signed on for his first ever coaching gig to coach a team like this. That's as bad as they are. But at the same time, I mean, there are 30 NBA head coaching jobs. It's a privilege and an honor to have it. And you've got to be able to figure it out. And he hasn't been able to figure it out. Through no fault of his own, it might be time after this season to look elsewhere. And I know exactly who they should hire. I wonder if he, I wonder if they will go get him after this season. You have an idea of, of who that is? Well, you know me. I've always been a big Sam Cassell fan. It's Sam Cassell. There's nobody else. Bring Sam Cassell home. He's been an assistant in the league now for 10 years. He was a point guard. I mean, he what? He won what? Three? I want to say he won three titles. One with Boston, two with the Rockets. Played at a high level for three different NBA franchises between the Rockets, the Celtics, and the Timberwolves. Um, Dustin, we're not running it back with Jeff Van Gundy. Um, but Sam Cassell is that guy for me. Bring Sam Cassell home. Any final thoughts, Pops, before we wrap the show up? Yeah, you know, I would love for them to find a place in this, you know, because Gerald Green's gone now. You know, he left. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's in the G League. So and much, much love. Right. Um, I would love to bring, find a place in this organization for Vernon Maxwell. Yeah, Vernon Maxwell, I agree with you. Uh, we talked about Vernon Maxwell a little bit earlier. On the show, you think about who they have in the front office right now. Matt Bullard is a part of the front office now. Dream is there as often as possible. Bringing Vernon Maxwell on as an assistant coach will do nothing else. If nothing else, the fact that if there's a fight that breaks out, I would take the Rockets coaching staff. Well, that's right. And two things, and I'll let you go. I'll tell you another guy I would love on this coaching staff is Kenny Smith. That guy yep. is as smart as a whip. And the last thing is, I thought it was kind of unusual that sitting around tonight around Bill Worrell, there was no Clyde Drexler. Anyway, uh, have a good night. Yeah. Appreciate you, my man. A um, lot of good points tonight. You know, and the thing is, I, I want I want to make myself very, very clear. Anybody who's followed this show for the past couple of years, first of all, thank you. Know that I am a fiery, passionate fan. Okay. I'm not one of these, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to analyze this and talk about it in a monotone voice. If the Rockets come out and play like garbage, I'm going to tell you the Rockets came out and played like garbage. You know, it's not going to be, you know, the, the cookie cutter. Well, the guys look good on this play, but they didn't do it on this play. The Rockets look like hot dog water tonight. That might be my my new favorite phrase is hot dog water. You guys are going to get raw emotion on this show, night in and night out, that I step on this mic with y'all. 
And for y'all riding with me, I appreciate y'all. And I love y'all for that. So uh, the Rockets, once again, get throttled at home, 130 to 106 to the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, We are going to be live here on Spotify Green Room again on Sunday night. Uh, The Rockets host the Minnesota Timberwolves inside of Toyota Center. Uh, So we'll be live on Green Room on Sunday night and on Monday night. Don't forget the Philadelphia 76ers game was uh, rescheduled for Monday night. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate the love tonight here on Spotify Green Room. You guys were great. Shout out to Shane. Shout out to Adam. Shout out to uh, LB for hopping on the show tonight. Once again, this has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. Make sure to follow The Dream Take on Twitter at The Dream Take. Make sure to follow uh, me on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB, the mothership for The Dream Take, The Dream Shake. You can follow them at Dream Shake SBN. Follow my co-pilot, uh, Jeremy Brenner at Jeremy Brenner. A quick shout out to Mr. Ray Lucas, who is no longer with uh, the Dream Shake. He landed himself a full-time gig uh, writing uh, with the publication. So shout out to you, Ray Lucas. Go do your thing. Big homie, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on the show with us. Follow the Dream Shake on Facebook at the Dream Shake. Uh, Once again, we will see y'all Sunday night. And until next time, Rockets fans, go Rockets! Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.